The Big 12 hasn't gotten much wrong under Brett Yormark, but this scheduling for football, they screwed that one up big time. I'm Pete Mundo. Welcome in. Heartland College Sports is where you find us, how you find us, covering and talking about the Big 12 Conference. Thanks for being here, and thanks for being a part of the show. So you guys know, if you've listened to this show for some period of time, I am an enormous advocate and fan of what this league has done under Brett Yormark's leadership. But when it comes to this big scheduling plan that they put together, man, they messed up a lot of things. I'm not going to go through it all because there's so much to get to, but if you're a Big 12 fan, you saw the news on Wednesday that the league announced its football schedules for every team home and away, not the dates or anything like that, but just who they're playing home and away for 2024 through 2027. And it was not a good look. Nobody was happy. There were a handful of protected rivalries, but certainly not enough when you actually dig into what the Big 12 ended up doing. It was wholly unimpressive what the Big 12 ended up doing. Let's just start off with Farmageddon. Farmageddon did not make the cut for annual rivalry games in the Big 12. That doesn't make an ounce of sense. Farmageddon goes back 106 years, and that game is now not going to be an annual game in the Big 12 when you're losing the Red River, you're losing Bedlam, you're losing some of the great rivalries in the sport. You've got to keep what you can. You've got to maintain what you've got. Rivalries going back over 100 years, and you throw them out the window. That is just not using your head because what makes college sports great, what makes it better in large part, especially in my opinion, compared to pro sports, is the fact that the rivalries matter. The fans matter. The rivalries go back over 100 years, sometimes close to 150 at this point. And the Big 12 throughout a 106-year rivalry in Farmageddon, Kansas State, Iowa State, to make sure that Kansas State is playing Utah, and that, that's a good game, but to make sure Kansas State's playing UCF, Houston, it was a mistake from the get-go to not do pods. There was such an easy way to do this, and what this feels like is some stats nerd decided to plug all these teams into a machine somewhere in New York, and poof, this is what came out. And it's equitable and all these kind of big fancy words that corporate America likes to use, but in the end, college football's emotion. It's not about equity, equitability, equitable. It's not about any of that. It's about emotion. It's about fandom. It's about passion. And if you sit down with any regular Big 12 fan for five seconds, they would have told you this scheduling plan stunk. Top to bottom, stunk. So here's, um, let me just run through the protected rivalries real quick so you know what got protected. The only Big 12 rivalries that will be played every season from 2024 to 2027, Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Utah, Baylor, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State. Now, I don't have a big problem with a lot of those. You know, Arizona, Arizona State, obviously. Holy War is going to be one of the best rivalries um, in the nation when they're both in the Big 12. I said that might be the best rivalry in the entire league when it gets started next year. Makes sense. Kansas, Kansas State, 
obviously, you know, one of the few conferences that has both state schools in the same league in this era. Got to do that. Baylor TCU is kind of whatever. I mean, yeah, it's a rivalry. They're the two private schools, formerly in the Southwest Conference, now in the Big 12 for the last 10 years or so. But I wouldn't call that a top four rivalry in this conference. Like, I'm not saying that they could only have four, but if you could only have four, I wouldn't have put that one in there. Yes, they played some great games. There was the drama back in, what, 2014? around the college football playoff and both teams were really good and the tied for first place nonsense. Like I remember all that. You remember all that. It's a good rivalry, but it's two smaller private schools in Texas. And I don't know if either side really considers itself a diehard rival of the other. They might have to now because Texas is gone, but eh, is that going to be a big ratings draw for the big 12? I can promise you it's not. It's just, it's not going to be a huge ratings draw for this league. So if you were held to four, that would have not been in my top four. But when you're dumping out Kansas State, Iowa State for a league that doesn't have a lot of rivalries to start with, I mean, geez, I would have thrown Colorado in there as one of the rivalries. An old Big 12 North school. Why the heck not? Right? Make it interesting. I don't know. Uh, You know, Deion Sanders, Mike Gundy, ride that baby out as long as you can. Hope it lasts four years. If not, you've got two former Big 12 schools going at it. So at least there's something there to latch on to. Oklahoma State, Colorado's way more compelling. Even if Gundy's on a farm somewhere and Dion's coaching in the NFL, that's still far more compelling and probably does a better number than Baylor TCU. I just can't wrap my head around this thing. So how the Big 12 should have done this is simple. Four pods, West, Southwest, Heartland, East. All right? And I mentioned this months ago. And I'll give you the four teams, and then I'll tell you how this should have played out. You've got four pods. In the West pod, Utah, BYU, Arizona, Arizona State. In the Southwest pod, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU. Following? In the Heartland pod, former Big 12 North schools. Kansas, Kansas State, Colorado, Iowa State. And then in the East pod, UCF, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Houston. Now, Houston fans hated this idea when I rolled it out, but you know what? They got two other teams from the AAC in there, um, in Cincinnati and UCF. And then West Virginia is kind of that natural East Coast school, obviously. So I think you latch those three together. And you say, that's your East pod. It's not perfect, but it's the best I could come up with. And then what you do is you make sure you play your pod every year. So example, the Heartland pod, Kansas, Kansas State, Colorado, Iowa State, they play each other every year. The Southwest pod, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, all Big 12 schools at the core for the last several years. They play each other every year. And then the West pod, you got a lot of former Pac-12 schools plus BYU, Colorado, the Arizonas, and BYU. You play those schools every year in your pod. It also helps cut down on travel. That leaves you six conference football games, right? You play three in your pod, you get six other games. There are three other pods. You rotate two teams from the other pods every year. 
Example, follow me here. This is a smart audience. You're going to follow me on this, all right? Let's take Oklahoma State in the Southwest pod. Out in the West, they will play BYU, Utah one year. Then they will play Arizona, Arizona State the next year. And then you rotate, you do a rotation based on home and away. So every four years, you would play BYU at home and then away. That's how it would go. It would be BYU home, skip a year, BYU away, skip a year, BYU home, skip a year, BYU away, skip a year. That's how it would go in that scenario for Oklahoma State, let's just say. And it made all the sense in the world. Now, I will share this story with you. I was at Big 12 football media days this summer, and I was talking to some folks in the Big 12, and I happen to know a lot of them. And, um, you know, they got a great group of guys, great group of people uh, in the conference headquarters, very smart people who are running the show there. And um, I actually met the, uh, I don't know if this is the guy that did this schedule, and I don't remember his name. But once again, nice guy. He's heavily involved with the schedule making. And we talked about making the schedule for this season because, you know, you had this kind of awkward 14-team scenario this year. And, you know, we talked about how there was a machine and the machine kind of did a lot of the work. And what they punched out on Wednesday with the Big 12 schedule felt like it was punched out by a machine. And it felt like whoever decided on the protected rivalries has been around the Big 12 for like eight seconds. That's what it felt like. I was so disappointed when I saw this whole thing roll out. I was like, how do you not protect some of these games? Austin's absolutely right on YouTube Live. Kansas State-Iowa State not being a protected rivalry is an absolute crime. And by the way, our own Brian Clinton wrote about this at heartlandcollegesports.com. Iowa State holds an edge in the all-time series 52-50-4. This is one of the great and, by the way, underappreciated rivalries in the entire sport. And the Big 12 just gave it up. Oh, gosh. Um, Samuel puts on YouTube Live, I'm a Baylor fan. I'm lucky to have a protected rival, but even I'm unhappy. I wanted BYU. (laughs) But half our schools have no rivals. This is absolutely insane. And here's the other thing the Big 12 had to think about. You had to think about building rivalries, right? And you can't build rivalries if you're playing a team once every three years. Samuel is right to point out the Big 12 does not have a lot of natural rivalries right now. That's okay, though. You can build those back up. And Colorado being back helps because the Big 12 teams know them. You've got Utah BYU. You have Utah and the Arizona schools from the Pac-12. You have something to work with. But the Big 12 didn't do itself any favors. It didn't give itself a chance to build future rivalries. That was another massive screw-up in this whole deal. You want to create a situation where you have teams playing each other every year as much as you possibly can, of course, within reason, because that allows rivalries to build, and that is a problem for the future Big 12. There are not those diehard rivalries anymore. You're losing Bedlam. You're losing the Red River, right? You're losing a lot of these games. You're losing even, you know, old 
Big 8 games. Iowa State-Oklahoma. Oklahoma-Kansas State. Heck, Oklahoma-Kansas. Some of these classic, classic matchups that they're not all-time rivalries, but they matter. Some of them go back to the Big 6. So you had to create a situation that you allowed rivalries to develop. And it's impossible for any rivalry to develop when you've got schools playing each other once every three years in football. And don't tell me about basketball. All right, yes, Arizona-Kansas is going to be great. That game should be played every year. No idea what they're going to do with the basketball schedule yet. They could do a round robin, obviously, in basketball. 20 conference games, 16 teams. That's easy to do. But football's different. But football is still the bread and butter. That's not changing anytime soon. And for the Big 12 to make this kind of mistake is just surprising to me because these leaders have been hitting on all cylinders. And this is the first time I'm like, this This was a blunder. There's no doubt about it. So uh, hit us up here on YouTube Live and on Facebook Live. Uh, we appreciate you joining us here on, Casey, on uh, Heartland College Sports as we cover the Big 12 Conference from top to bottom. I almost gave you my radio station that I host the morning show at in Kansas City. So <laughs> when you talk for a living and you talk on multiple platforms, sometimes you, uh, you know, lose track of where you are at any given point in time. Uh, this is an interesting point by Scott. I'm glad you brought this up, Scott. West Virginia, Cincinnati could have been a natural annual game and rivalry. I like that. Once again, if you had them in a pod, which is what I proposed over the summer, if you had them in the East pod together, they would play each other every year. The Big 12 didn't want to do pods, and I don't know why. Uh, Mr. Jara, who's Oklahoma State's rival right now? They didn't get a protected rival. So they're just going to play a mishmash of teams every year. Like Oklahoma State should have had a protected rival. I would have given them a protected rival if I had only one, probably with Texas Tech. That's become a fun game over the last several years, but I would have put them in a pod. I would have had them in the Southwest pod with TCU, Baylor and Texas Tech, along with Oklahoma State. All Big 12 teams, fan bases know each other. That's what I would have done with Oklahoma State. But now, they just got a mishmash of teams. Do I think Oklahoma State's going to have a new rival on YouTube? No. I, I, how can I say they will when they're not going to play? They're not guaranteed to play a singular new Big 12 team every single year. Like I think Oklahoma State-Utah could be fun and could build into something. You got Kyle Whittingham and Mike Gundy, two of the longest tenured coaches in all of college football at this point. But I think I saw they play each other, maybe it's next year or in a couple of years, and then, you know, who the heck knows? Like, they're, they're, you can't develop a rivalry like that. It's just impossible to do. Now, this, Cassidy says, people like to complain. Fairest ways to have no yearly rivalry games. It will make it that much more fun when teams do play each other. With all due respect, Cassidy, I... I I don't know if you, what's the nicest way to put this? Because I mean this with all the respect in the world. I don't know if you're new to college football and being a college football fan, but that's the worst idea I've ever heard. College football is what it is because of the annual rivalries. Michigan, Ohio State is what it is. That last weekend in November, that Thanksgiving weekend, 
Everyone knows when it is. You know when it's going to happen every year. Same with Oklahoma, Texas. You know when it is. You know when it's going to happen. That's what that's the advantage that college sports has over the pros. You circle the date and you know when certain games are happening. A year and years in advance. And the Big 12 decided to throw that out the window. And that is a massive, massive mistake. And it's really unfortunate. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports is, uh, of course, where we're at. Hey, if you're just joining us, hit the thumbs up button. I forgot to ask you to do that earlier in the video. If you could hit the thumbs up button for us, that would be awesome. We would greatly appreciate that. It's a fantastic way to help us continue to build this show on YouTube. So hit that thumbs up. It would mean the world to me. Subscribe to us as well on YouTube. That's a great way to help this show advance. And then if you're on the podcast, you know what to do. Leave a rating, review, subscribe, get on board. We appreciate you being here. It is going to be an incredible weekend of Big 12 football. I cannot wait for this weekend. We have got um, by far the best weekend in the conference this year. And I just want to rank the games for you here real fast in the Big 12. Seven games on the schedule. And um, we've got two of the best, three of the best games, frankly, in all of college football. So I'll go from worst to first in terms of quality Big 12 games uh, this weekend. Start at the bottom. The worst game of the Big 12 this weekend, sorry but not sorry, is going to be uh, UCF at Cincinnati. Two teams who were winless in Big 12 play. I guess the good news is someone's got to get a victory, a Big 12 victory, but it's going to be against a fellow newcomer in the Big 12. And the newcomers in the Big 12 has really struggled mightily so far this season. So that's the worst game in the Big 12 this weekend, uh, bar none. After that, you've got the second worst game in the Big 12, Baylor hosting Houston, an old Southwest Conference matchup, but there is no juice there. Baylor fans are over their team. Houston fans are fed up as well. They got blown out, shut out last week at K-State. That was ugly as all get out. So that's the second worst game in the Big 12. Um, going up the list after that, BYU at West Virginia. is No, you know what? I'm going to switch that up. Hang on. After that, we got the Thursday night game, TCU at Texas Tech. So... Uh, loser, that game's going to feel awful about themselves. Winner will feel a little bit better, but it's not a great game. Then you go BYU-West Virginia as the fourth best game in the Big 12 this weekend. Hey, West Virginia is a Hail Mary away from being 4-1 and one in league play and tied for first place in a six-way tie in the Big 12. Right now, it's a five-way tie. If West Virginia didn't lose on a Hail Mary to Houston, They'd be 4-1, and one, and it would be a six-way tie atop the Big 12. Just remember that, all right? Uh, Mountaineers, do I think they're coming close to the conference title game? No, but still, they've had a sneaky good season. Let's not forget that. Now to the top three games in the league. Uh, number three game in the league, I'm going to say it's Kansas at Iowa State. Kansas coming off that huge win over... Oklahoma last week. Iowa State is also tied for first place in the conference. Who would have guessed that after a 1-2 and two start to the season for Matt Campbell? Dang. You get Kansas, Iowa State, Old Big 12 North in November in Ames. That is going to be a lot of fun. It's not a top two game, though. The number two game this week in the Big 12, Kansas State at Texas. Now, it might have the largest implications on the conference title game of any of these games. I'll explain that here in a second. But... Kansas State on the road at Texas. 
is going to be an incredible game. And in any other week, it would be the number one game in the Big 12. But not when you've got Bedlam, not when you've got the trash talk going on. Mike Gundy is already talking a lot this week, and I'm here for it. I love everything about it. I can't wait for more of it, hopefully, the next few days. Oh, my goodness. Last Bedlam, Gundy says this is it outside of a bowl game down the road one day. And you know that Mike Gundy's going to break out some plays that he probably hasn't used in 20 years in this game. Oklahoma State is red hot. Ollie Gordon looks like Barry Sanders. He's having himself an incredible month. And uh, he's got back-to-back games rushing for a combined over 500 yards. The dude has been outrageously good. And OU's licking his wounds, coming off the loss to Kansas. Uh, It's in Stillwater. That place is going to be on absolute fire Saturday afternoon. It's sad that it's coming to an end, but you can't ask for a better scenario on Saturday than these two teams meeting for what is likely to be the last time for a very long time. So those are my rankings for the games this weekend. I cannot wait for this weekend of the Big 12. Woo! Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Welcome in. Great to have you on board. And yes, rest in peace to Bob Knight. He passed away this evening, 83 years old. Um, Obviously, Big 12 ties in a big way to Texas Tech. So may he rest in peace, and we will pray for Bob Knight's family as well. Uh, Great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. If you want a Heartland College Sports Koozie, leave me a five-star rating and review. And make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube. We are uh, pushing a ton of content on Instagram these days. We're adding a lot of folks over there. We hope you'll join us on the Instagram page. Just search Heartland College Sports. Same with Twitter. I think we need like 500 followers to get to 10K. So we are rocking and rolling. And it's all because of you guys. You're doing this on the grassroots level for us. So thank you. Hop on our free message boards as well. Those have been very active this week. A lot of people very upset with the Big 12 scheduling. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. We cover the Big 12, and uh, make sure you check out the site. Have a great day. Take care.